All right, so we'll say good morning. Sorry, I went a little bit, a little bit over the tzaddik. Let's uh, let's begin. Begin by thanking all of our sponsors, our Torah sponsors, for the month of Sivan, Naftali, Naftali, and Chavi Tilson from Eretz Yisrael. We thank you, Rabbi Naftali Schaver, Benjamin Wolf, introducing to the Daf. May Hashem bless us all to finish the Daf Yomi cycle and celebrate together with the Sim in Eretz Yisrael B'Karov. To thank Baruch Marina Dubin for dedicating our Shurim and Drushos this month for. Sivan, may Hashem continue to protect our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael, and may all of our children remain safe and complete their year of learning with a deep connection to the land and to Hashem's Torah. To thank our Week of Learning sponsor, Mrs. Selma Wolf, and Ms. Chosavra for her grandson, Kobi Rothberg, Yaakov Zev Ben Sivya Devora. We hope that he, together with Kol Chol Yisrael, have a complete and enduring refuah. So also with that, let us continue. So today's dap is Nun Tess 59. And we are picking up Amir Tzashem on Nun Ches Amadeis 58b. And we left off, we left off Dechule Alma, which is, which is 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14 lines up from the bottom. Last two words in line. So both six, if you remember again, we left off, we're, we're now again, just to understand where we are with the Avoda. We've now finished the sprinkling of blood inside of the Kodesh HaKadoshim. We've finished the sprinkling of the blood in the Kodesh opposite the Kapo, opposite the Parochas, the curtain. And now we're doing the blood applications on the Mizbeach Azov, the golden Mizbeach, which was the Mizbeach that was normally used for Kitores. So what we left off, so we'll say the first part of yesterday's discussion was establishing where the Kohen Gadol was standing. So remember again, the Kohen Gadol would turn his back to the Parochas, Turn his back to the curtain and would walk towards the Mizbeach Azov, which was on, which was in the center, which was in the center. So, so just so if you could imagine for a moment, when the Kohen Gadol was walking with his back towards the Parochas, so remember the menorah was on his right, the Shulchan was on his left. See, he's walking towards the towards the Mizbeach, which is pretty much like center, pretty much in the center of the Beis Hamikdash itself. And he would do the blood applications standing effectively between the Mizbeach and the curtain. That's where he was, between the Mizbeach and the curtain, with his back, with his, well, it sounds like at least right now, with his back towards the curtain. Now, what we're going to see, interestingly enough, is, however, when he would begin the blood applications, the blood applications would begin on the far side of the Mizbeach. So remember, again, we saw in yesterday's daf. Uh, thank you to Moshe for sending out the pictures. And so now everybody has the pictures also. We saw in yesterday's daf pictures 140 and 141, which was the machlokas between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Yossi Haglili, essentially how the Kohen Gadol would go ahead and begin begin the, or, or do the blood applications. Remember again, you have Rabbi Akiva, who essentially says that you are starting from the southeast corner, southeast corner, and working your way clockwise, working your way clockwise around. And then you had Rabbi Yossi Haglili, who said that you are starting from the northeast corner and making your way around counterclockwise. Good. So what's this now? The Gemara says as follows. The Chuli Alma, this is very interesting. The Chuli Alma, Karen the Paga Bereshalo Oven. I will say this is very interesting. Both Kohen Rabbi Yossi Haglili and Rabbi Akiva you are not starting the blood applications with the first corner. In other words, when the Kohen Gadol is walking from the Parochas to the, to the Mizbeach Azov, 
There, he is not starting the blood application with the first corner of the Mizbeach he encounters. Because also, if you look back at that image, it is clear the first or the first the I'm sorry the first corner that he encounters when coming back from the Kodesh, coming back from the parochas from the curtain is the southeast corner or the southwest corner. Excuse me, that's the first corner he really encounters walking back. Yet interestingly enough, that's not, everyone is agreeing you're not starting from the southwest corner. So what's the pshat? So the Gemara says, "My time, Amr Shmuel, the Amr Kra, the Yatsa Elam is Beach." Because also, once again, this is what we mentioned yesterday. Because the pasuk says the coin will go out to the Mizbeach. So the way the Gemara understands this is Adinafik Mikule Mizbeach. There was interestingly enough, the blood application begins outside of the Mizbeach. Now, what does it mean outside of the Mizbeach? The furthest corner of the Mizbeach, the furthest corner as measured from the curtain, right? Because remember again, the Kohen Gadol is coming from the parochas, from the curtain, he's going to the Mizbeach. The Pasik says, Allah he goes out to the Mizbeach. It obviously can't be literal. He's not going out. Why is he not going out? Why is he not going out? Because the Mizbeach is inside. This is not the outer Mizbeach. It's not the copper Mizbeach for animal sacrifice. This is the golden Mizbeach. So therefore, the Yatsa the Gemara understands essentially is he goes out to the farthest corner. In other words, he doesn't go to the, he doesn't start with the corner closest to him. Instead, he goes out to the farthest corner. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Akiva, Nakiv Terech Yamin. Why, according to Rabbi Akiva, why not go ahead and start on the right side? So the Gemara says, or I should say, move right, pivot right towards the Mizbeach. Perhaps we'll say the Nikudas Samachuks in Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Yossi Haglili perhaps is in a statement of Rami Bari Cheskel. Dumarai Bari Cheskel. So we'll listen to this interesting case or an interesting statement. Yam Sha'asa Shlomo. So we'll say the, what we call the Yam Shal Shlomo. We'll say the Yam Shal Shlomo was essentially a large pool. Now, the point of this pool inside of the base of Mitosh was to serve as a mikvah for the Kohanim. The Yam Shal Shlomo Omid Al Shneim Asar Bakar. It was situated, also, if you could imagine, I don't think there was a picture of it. I don't know a picture of it. The Amshel Shlomo was situated on top of 12 oxen. Obviously, you know, you know images of oxen. 12, 12 golden oxen. The Gemara says, Three of them pointed northward. Three of them pointed westward. Three of them south. Three east. And ultimately, again, the Yam itself was situated on top of them. Now, I will say, the fact that the Gemara begins with a statement of that which was pointing north, which was also rightward in the Beis HaMikdosh, indicates to us that right has a dominance. Bechol acharem Beisa. What do we learn from here? So we'll say we learn from here that ultimately, again, any time you go in a particular direction, you should always go ahead and try to go rightward. So perhaps, again, the Machlokis Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Yossi Haglili is Halacha Lamaisa. Should you go ahead and go rightward or not? Umar Perhaps again, one opinion holds that we pass like Rabbi Barichaskel, and one opinion holds that we don't. Maybe that's in the Kudasamach Everybody agrees, I will say that in general, when choosing a direction to go in, you go right. Because we want to say again, we've seen that many times before, because the right has a chashivos. And perhaps I will say, here is what Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Akiva is trying to understand. So we're just trying to understand. Where Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Ulsiaglili get their respective movements for the blood applications from. That's what's happening over here. So you just keep on referring back to pictures 140, 
141, trying to understand why Rabbi Akiva is, again, starting from the southeast corner, going, going clockwise, and versus why Rabbi Yossi Aglili is starting from the northeast corner, going counterclockwise. So the Gemara says, maybe the Machlokis is as follows. The Gemara says, Mar one opinion says that about essentially the blood applications on the inner Mizbeach follow the same order of the blood applications on the outer Mizbeach. Umar Savra lo michutz, and the other opinion will say, no, we do not learn out the inner applications from the outer applications. I've Rabbi Akiva. So Rabbi Akiva would hold that we don't learn it out. Rabbi Yosef would say, we do learn it out. But Rabbi Akiva, but even Rabbi Akiva, if you hold that we do not learn out the blood applications of the inner Mizbeach from the blood applications of the outer Mizbeach, shouldn't one have the prerogative to follow that order if one so chooses? Rabbi Akiva, both listen to this. Rabbi Akiva says, I'll tell you, here's my svarah. Medina, bahu karen de pagabaresha, bahu avibaresha. Rabbi Akiva says, really, the corner that you go ahead and you encounter first is really the corner that you should go ahead and start the blood application from. So we'll say, so remember again, in Rabbi Akiva's view, and we're gonna see this is actually gonna become a little bit of a machlokas, Rabbi Akiva says, where should you really begin the blood applications from? Where should you really begin? From the southwest corner, right? So we'll say, why the southwest corner? Because think about this for just a moment. Where was the opening of the curtain of the Kodesh HaKadosh? And where was the opening? On the southern side, right? On the well, at least for now. That, remember again, it was a machlokas we saw before, was it on the south or was it in the north? For now, we're, we're working with the assumption that it's on the southern side. So which means that when the Kohen Gadol would come out of the Kodesh HaKadoshim and do the blood applications, the Pashtos, he's oriented where? South. Which means that when he walks to the Mizbeach, he's coming a little bit at an angle, which means that really the first corner he kind of encounters is the southwest corner of the Mizbeach. So Rabbi Akiva says, in reality, you really should start the blood applications from the southwest corner because that's the first corner you're encountering. And remember again, the Gemara says, furthermore, the Gemara says, the Amrish Lakish, in Ma'avir and Allah Mitzvahs. And also you have another principle. What's the principle? The principle is that when you encounter a mitzvah, what don't you do? Don't let opportunity pass you by. So you come, so you have to do the blood applications on the corners. Anyway, start on the southwest corner, which is the first corner you encounter. The Amai Lo Ovid. So why, why don't we do that? Because once again, this passage keeps coming up. You will go out to the Mizbeach. And what do we learn from there? What that teaches me is the blood applications begin on the far side of the Mizbeach. So in reality, I should start on the southwest corner. But because Vyatsa Mizbeach says, no, you don't start with the corner that's closest. Instead, Vyatsa Mizbeach, you go out, start with the farthest corner, so you go to the farthest corner. So the Gemara says, so we'll say, so according to Rabbi Akiva, so remember again, Vyatsa Alamizbeach says, what should you start with? Start with the southeast corner, right? So start with the southeast corner. And Rabbi Akiva will say, once you go ahead and you start with the southeast corner, because that's Vyatsa Alamizbeach, the Chivan Diyav Bahu Karen, Hadr Asilahi Karen Dechayev Lemesa Beresha. So what Rabbi Akiva's logic is, start ultimately again with the southeast corner. Right, Mizrach is Duromis. 
So start with the southeast corner, and then once you go with the southeast corner to fulfill the Yatsa Alam is then what? Then go back to the corner that you really should have started with. Right? So that's Rabbi Akiva's logic. So go ahead. You really should have started with southwest. Why should you start with southwest? Why? Why? Because that's the first one you encounter. But the Yatsa Alam says you have to go out, which means you have to go past that which you first encounter and go further. Therefore, again, I'll go. Durom is Mizrach is southeast, but after I do southeast, then I go back to the one that I first encountered. That's bless you. That's Rabbi Akiva's logic. Bless you. Top of the The other possibility is that the Machlokes Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Gamli and, and Rabbi Yosei Lili is Vivai Sema Isvira Lan Hakafa Beregel Ducholi Amalo Pligi Dilif Diafina Pnei Mechutz. So listen to this. Perhaps, well, let me just read more. What are they arguing about? Mar Savar Hakafa Biyad Umar Savar Hakafa Beregel. Oh, maybe the Machlokes Rabbi Yosei Lili and Rabbi and Rabbi Akiva is actually whether or not the Kohen Gadol is circling the Mizbeach on foot, or whether or not he's circling it, what we call Biyad, which also means essentially he stands in one place and does the blood application on all the corners. So the Gemara wants to suggest now the following. If he's actually circling the Mizbeach, if he's actually circling on foot, then everyone would agree that the blood applications of the inner Mizbeach are the same order as the blood applications of the outer Mizbeach. Which would be like Rabbi, which would be like Rabbi Yosef Lili, but perhaps the machlokes ultimately is how are you doing the blood applications on the interior mizbeach? Are you what we call hakafa beregel, actually walking around on foot, or hakafa biyad, standing in one place but just doing the blood application on all four corners? So the Gemara posits that Rabbi Akiva would hold he's standing in one place and going ahead and applying the blood by hand. Umar Savar HaKafa Baraka, Rabbi Yosef Lili would hold that Allah Chalamaisa, you are applying the blood by walking around. And if you want to say, maybe everyone agrees over here that the Kohen Gadol stands in one place and applies the blood by hand. This is what they're arguing about. One opinion will say that we learn out the process even though the Kohen Gadol may be standing in place, we learn out the order of the blood applications, even when you're doing it, quote-unquote, by hand, from the same way as if you were walking around the Mizbeach. Umar Savar, lo yafina. And the other opinion says, no, once you're not walking around, therefore the, the order of the blood applications is going to be different on the interior Mizbeach than it is on the exterior Mizbeach. The Savar Rabbi Yossi but would Rabbi Yossi actually hold that you don't walk around, but instead you just apply the blood by hand. But look at the end of the Mishnah. Remember again, in our Mishnah, we read an opinion. Rabbi Lazar says that what? The Kohen Gadol stands in place and applies all of the blood. We'll say, so it sounds like it's only Rabbi Eliezer who holds that the Kohen Gadol stands in place and applies the blood, but everyone else holds that what? That what? That he's mamish walking around, what we call hakafa beregel, walking around by foot, to which the Gemara says, Elo mechabarta kiddishanina meikara. Rather, I will say, it appears, as we said before, that the Machlokis Rabbi Kib Rabbi Yosei is as we mentioned, namely, mar savar hakafa biyad, umar savar hakafa beregel. And perhaps I will say, this is the actual Machlokis Rabbi Kib Rabbi Yosei do you do the blood application standing in place, or do you walk around the mizbeach? And I was saying, meaning what? If you would go ahead and say that you're walking around, 
Therefore, again, the blood application on the Mizbeach HaPnimi, the golden Mizbeach, is the same as the Mizbeach HaChitzo. And that's the opinion of Rabbi Yosef Lili. But if you hold that it's Biyad, then perhaps the order of the applications is different. I'm just going through all, all the different Havaminas, so I'll get to the conclusion. Another possibility. The other possibility is maybe, first, one opinion holds that the way we work our way around the inner Mizbeach is just the same way that we work our way around the outer Mizbeach. Umar Savar, Kule Mizbeach Pinimi, Bimakom Chada, Karen de Mizbeach Yitzon Kai. But the other opinion says, no, you can't compare it to both. Listen to this. The inner Mizbeach, both says, we're going to see the, the entire top of that Mizbeach was one ama by one ama, which I both say was the size of one horn, what we call one Karen of the outer Mizbeach. So the entire size of the Mizbeach HaPenimi was the size of one horn, one corner of the Mizbeach HaChitzon. So the Gemach Lokis could be, one opinion says, we treat both Mizbechos the same. And the second opinion says, you can't treat them the same, because again, remember, remember the one corner of the Mizbeach HaChitzon was the size of Mizbeach HaPenimi. To which the Gemara says, Tanya Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Shmuel is supposed to say, this is quite fascinating. Shnei Kohanim Gedolim Nishtayro B'mikdash Rishon. Rabbi Shmuel says, there were two Kohanim Gedolim who, were, who remained from the time of the first temple era. And Rabbi Shmuel say, you know, so, I don't know, somebody asked me this just, just the other week. Maybe Michael asked this, I don't remember who it was. Was saying that like, you know, you have some of these discussions occurring not so long after the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed. So how does no one remember what happened? How does one remember what happened? So we'll say, I'm, gonna amp- I'm not answering the question, I'm, I'm amplifying the question now, because we'll say, watch this. So you have Rabbi Shmuel who says, Shnei Kohanim Gidolim There were two Kohanim Gidolim who, who were still living after the first Beis HaMikdash was destroyed. They were still living. Ze Omer Biyadi Hekafti, and I will say, listen to this. These two Kohanim Gedolim, one said, oh yeah, when I did the Avoda on the inner Mizbeach, I stood in place and just did the blood application moving my arm. Hakafa biyad. And the other Kohen Gadol said, oh no, no, I walked around. I walked around. So I'll say, isn't, isn't this absolutely, absolutely incredible? Zen no Saint Hamlet Dvarov, Zen no Saint Hamlet Dvarov, and each of them gave their reasoning. Zen no Saint Hamlet Dvarov, Savdim Zech, Penimiki, Savdim Zech, Achitzon. So the Kohen Gadol who did Hakafa Berega walked around. He said that the inner Mizbeach is treated just like the outer Mizbeach, and ultimately, again, therefore we walk around. Zen no Saint Hamlet Dvarov. And the other opinion said, no, you don't walk around, come on. The entire interior Mizbeach is the size of one horn, one corner of the outer Mizbeach. There's no need to walk around, you could just move your hand down. So we'll say, it's incredible. This is, this is the edus of two Kohan and Gidon. So we'll say, what it sounds like is, it is possible, remember again, this is reflecting a time before the codification of halacha. You see, I both say, we are used to approaching halacha in a very simple way. What's the bottom line? Right? What, is it, what does the Shulchan Aruch say? What does the Mishnaburah say? Right? What is, and even, what, like, what is the bottom line? Well, remember, that's because we're living far along the halachic process. But Bismani Gimara, ultimately, before Bismani Gimara, obviously, you had Machloksim. You had Machloksim. So, what it sounds like is this is incredible. Going back to the beginning of the Masechta, remember again, what did the Kohen Gadol do during the seven days before Yom Kippur? What, what, what was he doing? What was he doing? He was sequestered to Lishkas Parhedrin. And what was he taught? 
he was taught the avoda. What it sounds like is, what it sounds like is, that, you know, if it was Talmidim of Rabbi Yossi Eglili who were teaching him, they may have taught him one way, and Rabbi Yossi was later on, right? But if it was Talmidim of Rabbi Akiva who were teaching him, he might have learned it a different way, that it sounds like it's possible that historically, historically, depending on maybe who the Sanhedrin was, or depending on ultimately, again, who the Talmidi Chachamim were, might have been nuanced differences, again, in the big stuff, the big stuff is the big stuff, right? Especially the Avod of Yom Kippur is the Araisa. So remember again, the, the, the clear facts are the clear facts. But on some of these more nuanced machloksim, it sounds like from the Gemara that there may have been different things done by different Kohanim Gidol. Again, I want to point out in very few and nuanced situations like this one, Hakafa Biyad, Hakafa Beregel, seems to be that there may have been differences of approach. It, it's, it's absolutely incredible. Rabbi Leiz Yomer, so what Rabbi Lezer says, Kohen Gadol would not walk around. Instead, Kohen Gadol would stand in place and do the blood applications like that. Masnisin money. So I'll say, whose who's opinion is, is reflected in our Mishnah? Rabbi Hudehi, the son of Emir, Omer, Rabbi Lezer, Omer, Bim Koma, Omer, Omachta. Va'akulan hayonose. So let's listen to this. So now Rabbi Meir says, name Rabbi Lezer, that the Kohen Gadol would stand in place. He would not walk around the Mizbech. Instead, he would just stand in place. Umachte, and he would apply the blood on the corners. And on all of the corners, he would dab the blood in a downward fashion, right from, up, from, right from top to bottom of the horn. With the exception of the horn that was diagonally opposite him. On that horn, he would go ahead and go from the bottom up. So he would go in an upward motion. And I will say the idea is anytime he's going in an upward motion, the goal is to what? To avoid dirtying his clothing. So there's a little bit of machlokus about which corner posed, you know, the greatest danger to, 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 to dirtying his clothing, but that was the idea. Rabbi Huda Omer, Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Bimkoma Omer. Rabbi Huda says that Rabbi Eliezer used to say the coin Gadol would stand in place. Umachta. And he would go ahead and do the blood application standing in place. Viakulan, who knows same milamata lamalo, and in general the blood application, he argues. He said it wouldn't take place from, from going from top bottom, but rather it would take place out in an upward motion, going from the bottom up. Chutz mizusha of mamish, with the exception of the corner directly in front of him. Sheno same mimala lamata. For that corner, he would go ahead and go from top to bottom. Again, in order to avokiechi delonestavin mane, in order not to go ahead and dirty his clothing. So I will say, so we have a number of machloksim going on over here. Machlokis number one, which is the primary machlokis, well, three machloksim. Number one, number one, which corner is the coin Gadol starting from? That's machlokis number one. Machlokis number two, machlokis number two, is, is he standing in place or is he walking around? Hakafa biyad or hakafa beregel? And machlokis number three, interesting, is does he do most of the corners from top to bottom and only, and only one of them from bottom up or does he go bottom up and one of them only from top to bottom? So three machloksim over here. We'll say, Baruch Hashem, right? Mi Moshe, le Moshe, lo kam ki Moshe. The Rambam is going to be here to help us through all of this in Mir Hashem. But let's first do the Avodah. So he goes on, he says, He's mimeno al taro So remember again, after this, so after the blood applications, remember again, we still don't know which direction the Kohen Gadol is going in, right? We still don't know hakafa biyat, hakafa beregel, and we're still not sure when is it from top to bottom or bottom to top. But now again, let's go back. After he finishes the blood applications, 
he sprinkles the blood on Tiharo Shomizbeach. That's the lashon of the Mishnah. Tiharo Shomizbeach. So Mar says, Man Tiharo, what is Tiharo of the Mizbeach? Amar Rabba Barav Shila, Palgei de Mizbeach. It means that he goes ahead and applies additional blood on the wall of the Mizbeach. The wall of the Mizbeach, some way halfway up. Kida Amri Inshi, Tahar Tiara Vahave Palgidioma. It's bright outside and half of the day has passed. So the Gemara posits that Tihara means halfway. Halfway. So he, after he goes in and applies the blood on four corners, he then applies it again halfway on the wall of the Mizbeach. So the Gemara says, The Gemara says, Really, is that so? But look at this, Brysa. When the Queen God applies the blood, right? In this case, when he's sprinkling the blood on the Mizbeach. So let's remember again. On the corners, that's not hazah. That's not sprinkling. What is that? What is that? That's nesina. That's an application. On the on the rest of the now, what the gemara is describing is a hazah, a sprinkling. So the gemara says, when he sprinkles, he doesn't sprinkle on top of the ashes on the mizbeach. Well, so remember again, why are there ashes on the mizbeach hazav? From what? From the ktoras. Good. From the ktoras. So he doesn't do the blood application. He doesn't do the sprinkling on top of the ashes, nor does he do it on top of the coals. Rather, what he does is, he moves the coals a little bit here, a little bit here, and he goes ahead and he sprinkles on them his back. So so what does this show? Where is the sprinkling of the dam being done? Right, on the top, not on the sides, not on the wall. says, you're right. The Hazorba said the sprinkling of the dam is done on the top of the Mizbeach. The top of the Mizbeach. So we'll say what Tihara means is the top of the Mizbeach itself. So we'll say so again. So therefore, after you do the blood application on the four corners, the coin now does a Hazor. He does a sprinkling of blood on the top of the Mizbeach. But into that, and the Brisa says, he doesn't do it on top of the coals or on top of the ashes. Rather, what he does is he kind of parts the coals a little bit and does the azar there. So the Gemara says, Tanya, Hananya, or Bitzat, Safoni, who knows him, Hananya said that he would apply the blood on the northern side of the Mizbeach. Rabbi Yossi, or Bitzat, Romi, who knows him. Rabbi Yossi says, no, he would apply it on the southern side of the Mizbeach. But my Kamefligi, so what are they arguing about? This is incredible. This is what we learned before. Marsava Piska, Bidara Marsava Piska, Bitzafon. Both say what they were arguing about was which side was the opening, right? Which side was the opening ultimately again of the Kodesh or the Kodesh Kodashim? One opinion says it was in the north, one opinion says it was in the south. To which the Gemara says, now, both say, now, what's interesting about this is as follows. Everyone is agreeing that pretty much whichever corner you finished with, that's the part of the top of the Mizbeach that you're going to do the Hazah. My timer, what's the reason for that? Amrkra, v'tiyaro v'kidisho. Because they both said there's a juxtaposition. V'tiyaro v'kidisho, makom shekidsho, wherever you finish the sanctification, which is a reference ultimately, again, to the blood applications on the corners, sham tiharo. That ultimately, again, is where you do the tara, which is a reference to the sprinkling of the blood. Incredible. So I'll say, so therefore, again, one more machlokas. Exactly. Now we know, again, that the hazaz, after you do the corners, the hazaz being done on the top of the mizbeach, but a machlokas, ultimately, again, which part of the top? 
Is it being done on the northern side? Is it being done on the southern side? to be seen. So we'll say, remember again, now we'll say at this point in time, the entire blood service of Yom Kippur has been finished. So we'll say, just so you understand, we've applied the blood in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, we've applied the blood in the Kodesh opposite the Parochas, opposite the curtain, we've now come to the Golden Mizbech, applied the blood on the corners, applied the blood on top, and now we are finished with the blood service. So what do you do now? The leftover blood, and you would pour it out on the western yisod of the outer mizbeach. So let's remember again, the yisod, yisod literally means the base, but the base had a drainage hole. The base had a drainage hole. You would pour the leftover blood into that drainage hole. Because the Pasuk says, the rest of the dam of the pari you shall pour out. Bahu Pagaresha. They will say, now why, now why are you pouring it out on the western side, on the sort of the western side? Because they will say, when you walked out of the Kodesh, that was the first part of the Mizbeach that you encountered. So essentially, you pour out the remaining blood on the first part, the first drainage area that you encounter. And I will say again, for the outer Mizbeach, so this is talking about now blood service on the outer Mizbeach, when you finished with the blood service on the outer Mizbeach, again, not Yom Kippur, just a regular day, you would pour it out by the southern base. So, when the Pasuk says you shall pour it out by the base of the Mizbeach, that refers to the southern base. How do you know it's a southern base? Maybe it's the western base. So the Gemara says, Amrit Yilmat we learn out the process of the Kohen Gadol's descent from the ramp of the altar to how he exits the Heichal on Yom Kippur. So the Gemara says, Just like when the Kohen Gadol comes out of the Kodesh on Yom Kippur with the remaining blood of the Dam and the Sire, he pours it out at the closest Yisod, which for him is the Western one. So too, on a regular day, when he descends from the ramp of the Mizbeach and has the remaining blood that he has to pour out, he pours it out in the closest Yisod. And which one is that? That's the southern Yisod. So the Gemara says, Tanya, Rabbi Yishmael, Omer, Zev, holds that, no, both on a regular day and Yom Kippur, everything is always poured out by the Western, Western base, by the Western base. So also remember again, by Yom Kippur, that's fine because that's the closest one. On a regular weekday, when he's descending from the ramp, it means he has to walk a little bit. Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai Omer, Rashbi says, no, everything is always poured out by where? By the Southern base. Rabbi Shimon makes sense because what, what happens? So here's what's interesting. Uh, the, the, the Torah tells that we, we know more explicitly by Yom Kippur that he, that we're, that he pours out the dam. So the Gemara will say that, so according to Rabbi Shmuel, we'll learn out the Sasum, right? The Sasum ultimately, again, is how you deal with leftover blood from the outer Mizbeach. So that's not explicitly told to us. We'll learn out how you deal with the blood from the outer Mizbeach from how you deal with the blood of the inner Mizbeach. Ella or from Yom Kippur. Ella Rabbi Shimon Yochai, my time. But what's Rashbi's logic? Why would he say that everything is always poured out 
by the Yisod Dromi, my time, Ravashi, Am Ravashi Kasavar, Pischa B'Dorom Koi. So we'll say, this is actually very interesting. So the Gemara suggests that according to Rabbi Shemayo Chai, actually the Mizbech was situated a little bit differently. Literally translated, Pischa B'Dorom Koi. If you take a look at Rashi for just a moment, Rashi says, Kasavar Pischa, it's the last short line in Rashi, Pischa Dehechal, he holds that the Mizbech was actually moved over a bit more towards the north, which means that when you walked out of the Heichal, the first part of the Mizbech you encountered was the southern side of the Mizbech. Hilchach, Yisoda, Sher Pesach, Oamoid, Dromi. So interesting enough, it turns out that there may be a little bit of a machlokis over here about how the Mizbech itself was situated. And Rashbi held the Mizbech was actually moved a little bit further towards the north so that when you walked out, you actually first encountered the southern corner of the Mizbech. So that was actually the closest you sowed to dispose of the blood. So the Gemara says, Tana de Rabbi Shema, I'm sorry, Tana de Bey Rabbi Shema, but Rabbi Shema by Yochai, Zev is that you so drama. So let's listen to this. In the Shiva Rabbi Shema, they went ahead and they quoted Rabbi Shema by Yochai, who said, Both bloods are poured out by the Sodromi, Visimanech, Mashkua, Gavri, Lagavra. And ultimately, again, they, they claim that the students of Rabbi Shimon ultimately went ahead and convinced the students of Rabbi Shmuel to go ahead and follow their way. So we'll say so again. So now one more piece. So which Yisod was used on Yom Kippur? We're not worried so much about weekday right now. So it appears, it appears that everyone is pretty much agreeing that Halacha Lamaisa, that for at least Yom Kippur, they would go ahead and they would go ahead and use the Yisod Romus, the southern Yisod. Again, but we'll see in the Rambam which drain or which, which Yisod, which base they would pour it out on. Good. So keep that on another open issue. We know that the coin is disposing of the remnants of the blood by pouring it down the Yisod or by pouring it by, now you don't pour it down the Yisod. The Yisod is the base. In the Yisod was a cavity that you would pour the blood into. Was it the southern Yisod? Was it the western Yisod? In the session, we will see in the Ramam as well. Last piece of Osai. Eilu ve'eilu misarvin ba'ama ve'yotzin. Now, remember again, where would that cavity that was in the Yisod take the blood? It was essentially a channel. And where would the channel go to? The Kidron Valley. Now, remember again, the Mishnah said, and what would happen in the Kidron Valley? What would happen? So remember, at that point in time, the farmers would go ahead and purchase the blood from the base Hamikdash and use it as fertilizer. But you had to purchase it. Why did you have to purchase it? Because if not, what happens? Meila, right? Which tells us that the blood itself is still subject to Meila until you purchase it. Once you purchase it, then again, the sanctity of the blood is transferred onto the money, which becomes the property of the Beis HaMikdash. And again, Halacha Lamaisa, Halacha Lamaisa, the blood itself becomes Chulin. So it says, the Gemar Tan Rabban, Right, the Rabbi Meir holds that blood is subject to Meila. Rabbi Shimon, I'm sorry, there is no Meila by Dam. So we'll say, so it sounds like over here that there is a Machlokas. Is blood subject to Meila or not? Is blood subject to Meila or not? Sa'at kan lo fligi So the Gemara says, first of all, let's understand. This is not a da'araisa machlokes. 
This is only a dirabana. In other words, the opinion who says that blood is subject to me'ila, that is a statement midrabanan. Aval midaraisa ain't more than bahim. But I will say midaraisa, there is no me'ila by dam. Right? Midaraisa, no me'ila by dam. So the Gemara says, okay, how, how do you know that? That there's no da'oraisa me'ila by dam. But say, again, I, I want to be clear. What, what the Gemara is talking about over here is even before you purchase the dam, meaning obviously after the farmers purchase the dam, there's no me'ila, right? That, that, that's obvious. But the Gemara suggests that even before you purchase the dam, so even before you redeem the dam, everyone is agreeing that midaraisa, there is no me'ila by dam. It's only midaraisa that there's me'ila. So we'll say, so we make the farmers purchase the dam, not because biblically they have to, because biblically there is no problem of mi'ila. It's just in order to avoid mi'ila midrabanan, we make them go ahead and purchase the dam. So how do you know that there is no mi'ila midrabanan? So listen to this. Because we'll say the Pasuk says, Ki nefesh I've given the blood to you. So we learn from that, that the blood is yours. What does it mean the blood is yours? That blood is not subject to me'ilah. Blood is not subject to me. It's also a unique aspect of dam. That even though everything else sacrificial and consecrated is subject to me'ilah, blood is not subject to me'ilah midaraisa. Rabbi Shimon Tano lechaper. The Pasuk says that blood is lechaper. Lechaper nasativ below the me'ilah. I've only gone ahead and assigned blood for kapara purposes, but blood is not subject to me'ila. Rabbi Yochanan, Amar, Amar, Rabbi Yochanan says, the Pasuk says, who? So I'll say the Pasuk, again, quoting the same Pasuk, ki adam hu banefesh yichaper, hu lifnei kapara kila achar kapara. Blood before atonement has the same status of blood after atonement. Mala achar kapara in bo me'ila, just like after atonement, there is no me'ila by dam, so to again, before atonement, blood is also not subject to me'ilah. Why don't you say just the opposite? Why don't you say that blood after kapara is just like blood before kapara? Just like before kapara, there's a din of me'ilah. So to after kapara, there is me'ilah as well. But see, that doesn't make sense, and I'll tell you why it says the Gemara. So we'll say, this is now fascinating. We'll say, there is no such thing as something which has been used for its prescribed mitzvah that is subject to mi'ilah. In other words, we'll say, which is really quite fascinating. Once an item has fulfilled its consecrated purpose, it is no longer subject to mi'ilah. That, that's the klal that the Gemara is espousing over here. Therefore, the drush is who, that blood remains in its state, Blood remains that just like blood after kapara is not subject to mi'ila, so too again blood before kapara is not subject to mi'ila. So we'll say the beauty of this gemara. Before we go on, the beauty of this gemara is that Allah said everyone is agreeing that what that midda araisa dam is not subject to mi'ila. Now a machlokes as to where I'm learning that out from, but everyone agreeing with the biblical principle that blood is not subject to mi'ila. Midirabanon, it is subject to Mi'ila. Therefore, again, when the farmers get it pouring out into the Kidron Valley, the farmers must what? They must what? They must purchase it. 
from the base HaMikdash in order to remove it from its rabbinic me'ila status. Okay, so I'm going to say now, the Yimar introduced the principle. And the principle is that once something has been used for its intended consecrated or sacrificial purpose, it is no longer subject to me'ila. To which the Gemara says, really? Is that true? Vahari Chumas Hadashan. We'll say, what about Chumas Hadashan? What's Chumas Hadashan? We'll say, what's Chumas Hadashan? It's the ash. The ash from what? From what? From Karbanos. And we'll say, is Chumas Hadashan subject to Me'ila? And the answer is, yes. Now, one second. Chumas Hadashan we'll say, is the ash of Karbanos that have already served their purpose. So if they've already served their purpose, then halacha lemais again. Why would it be subject to me? Lavari chumas adashen. What's that type of samech? Type of. What's that? Come on, admit it. When it was six thirty-two and we did not turn to Ahmed Bayes, you're like, there's no way this guy's gonna pull this off. Okay, I, I got this. I got this. What's that type of samech? I says the Gemara. What about chumas adashen? Type of samech. Type of samech, which is tomorrow's daf. Type of samech. This is, it's really fascinating. In general, this is what's so exciting about the daf. It's like you begin in one direction, you end up somewhere totally different. And on the way, you acquire these incredible morsels of magnificent, magnificent knowledge. So let's listen to this. Because Chuma Sadashan and Big Day Kuhuna, both say, are Shnei Ksuvna Bayin Ke'echad. So let's about these two things. So the Gemara says, we'll say the concept of Shnei Ksuvna Bayin Ke'echad is as follows. When the Torah wants to teach me a rule, what does it do? What does it do? It states it how many times? One time. Or that's what it should do. If you want to teach me a rule, right? We'll say a rule means this is a principle that applies. It doesn't have to, a rule doesn't have to apply in every situation. But a rule applies in what? the overall majority of situations. When the Torah Kedoshah wants to teach me a rule, say it once. Say it once. If the Torah, however, states something twice, what does that tell me? That tells me that's an exception. It's not a rule. It's not a rule. Or, or, or it should say it's, a, it's an exception that applies in the mentioned cases. So we'll say, so now watch this. Watch this. So the Gemara says, you want to tell me, you want to tell me that halacha lemaisa, even something that's been used for its intended purpose, is still subject to me'ilah. And what's your proof to that? Your proof to that is Chumas Adeshan, because the ash is still subject to me'ilah, even though already the Karbanas have been burned. I, but there's another example. I was supposed to another example of that. This is incredible. Big day kahuna of Yom Kippur. I was say, look at Rashi, which is moment. Tap Rashi and Samech Hamadalif. Big day kahuna. Arboa big day lavan. The Kongadu Yom Kippurim. The Chsibu Vinicham Sham. I say, this is incredible. I say, we're going to see that by the big day kahuna of the Kongadu, what do you do with that clothing after Yom Kippur? So it's going to be my focus, which we're going to touch on tomorrow. So I will say, the opinion that's being quoted over here says, Vinicham Sham. After the Kongadu finishes the Avoda, he leaves his clothing there. The Gemara is assuming right now, Vinicham Sham means that that clothing is unusable. You, no one else could use it, and it is subject to me'ilah. Then I said, I watch this, what is that an example of? So the coin has now done the abode of Yom Kippur. So he's used the clothing for their intended purpose. And now the Pasik is telling me what? Vinicham sham, that's what? That's what? They're subject to me'ilah. So, oh, now I have two examples. I have Truma Sadashen and Big Day Kahuna, which are two examples of things used for their prescribed purpose yet still subject to Me'ilah. So if you just want to say it once by Chumas Hadashen, then you can create an overarching principle. You want to just say it once, I think, 
Right? Then you create an overarching principle. You give me two examples of an item used for service and still subject to me'ilah, that's called shnei ksuben abayin ke'echad. That's the Torah stating a rule twice, which tells you that what shnei ksuben abayin ke'echad, v'chol shnei ksuben abayin ke'echad, ein melandin. And I've also said the general rule is when the Torah states a principle twice, that's not to create a rule. That's to tell you that it's an exception in these two mentioned cases. So we'll have to stop over here for today. We'll pick up Amir Hashem with this discussion of Shnei Ksuven Abayin Ke'echad and ultimately loop back Amir Hashem to Dan as well. Shkoyach.